not Pastor Redmond's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for the anointing of God that's in this place. We thank you for every ear that is in tune to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to each one of us. And as I yield as a vessel unto honor, fit for the Master's use, I thank you, Father, that as I decrease, the Word and the Spirit of God in me will increase. And, Father, people will truly hear what God is saying to them. And I thank you that today's Word will catapult them further into their purpose. And even those who may not know it, Father, they'll leave today with steps on how to know and pursue their, your purpose for their lives. And so we thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're still in a series entitled Grown Ups. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, have you grown up yet? Now look at them again and say, what's taking so long? Amen. And the main purpose of this series is to help each one of us see what areas of our lives we need to grow in and then apply some growth principles. Everybody say growth principles. Apply some growth principles so that we can all mature and so that will help us each receive God's best for our life. And so this morning, I want to share with you on the subject of how to hear God's voice. How to hear God's voice. And the goal of today's lesson is to help you know when God is speaking to you. And then help you eliminate other voices that may be a distraction to you. Amen. So I want you to find John chapter 10, verse 27, John 10, 27. And then I want you to find Acts chapter 9, verses 1. That was John chapter 10, verse 27. And then I want you to find Acts chapter 9, verses 1. One of the things that we uh, looked at on last week is that in order to hear God's voice, clearly on a consistent basis is that we almost must stay in the fairway. Now the fairway represents God's will. And when you are in God's will, you will hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, you will hear his voice for your personal life. Can someone say amen to that? However, when we move over into the rough, and those of you who play golf know what I'm talking about, when you hit the ball in the rough, what happens is it makes it difficult for you to hit the next shot. And sometimes we not only go in the rough, some of us get lost. Amen. 
You ever been lost driving and then you started panicking? Amen. So this morning, I want to hopefully do my best to communicate how to hear God's voice. And we're going to start in John chapter 10, and we're going to look in verse 27. And here's the point that I want you to write down if you're taking notes. God is always speaking, but are we always hearing? I'm going to say that again. God is always speaking, but are we always hearing? In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep, what's the next word? Come on, class. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, I want you to notice what that verse does not say. It does not say my sheep know my voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And so sometimes you can hear the voice of God, but if you're not familiar with his voice, you may not know that it's him speaking to you. Amen. All right. Now, just because you hear a voice does not mean it's God's voice. And many people confuse God's voice with six pizzas they had last night. Amen. And and first uh, Samuel chapter three, you don't have to turn there, but we use this in our first lesson. First Samuel chapter three, we saw that Samuel heard the voice of God, but he didn't know the voice of God. Now, let me point out someone to go to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to point someone else out to you who heard the voice of God, but they didn't know it was the voice of God. And, and, and it's very important for you to know the voice of God and not just hear the voice of God. Because hearing it is wonderful. But when you know that God says something to you, you can now stand in faith for what he said to you. Amen. Many people are trying to stand in faith for something God never said. In Acts chapter 9, we'll notice this in, uh, in the life of Saul. In chapter 9, verse 1, it says, And Saul was yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He went into, uh, went into the high priest and he desired from him letters to Damascus to the synagogues. That he may found any this way, whether they be men or women, that he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from where? From heaven. Verse 4. And he, Saul, fell to the earth. Watch this now. And he heard a what class? He heard a what? He heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5. And he said, watch this, who are you, Lord? So in other words, the Lord was speaking to him, but he didn't know the voice of God. And so my goal this morning is to help you see that when God speaks, it's our responsibility to know his voice. 
And one of the things that we must do as Christians, we must spend more time in God's word and in his presence so that we can know his voice. And so one of the things I'm going to do this morning is to give you some principles on how to do that. Now, there are two types of hearing that we all possess. I want you to write these two things down. In other words, when you hear, there are two types or ways in which you can hear. The first one is natural hearing. And everybody pretty much, unless you're born with a defect, everyone has that. But then you have spiritual hearing. And that's the one that it takes in order for us to know the voice of God. And I'll show it to you. Go over to the book of Genesis quickly. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Go to Genesis chapter 2. And uh, I want to show you something because uh, people don't realize when God made Adam, he made Adam with a spirit. He had a soul and he lived in a body. But most people think that when God was talking to Adam initially, he was talking to Adam from the outside in. And that's not how God was talking to Adam. And I'll show it to you because remember, he made Adam a spirit being. Because the Bible says he made him in his likeness. If you just read in verse uh, 26 of chapter 1, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. Well, we know the image of God, according to the book of John, is that God's image is spirit. So let's look now in verse 15 of chapter 2. Are you there? Say, I'm there. And the Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, the man, saying, everybody say it, saying. So that means God had to be talking to Adam. Look, he says, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day you shall eat of it, you shall what? Surely die. Amen. Now remember one of the first principles that I gave in this series, which is uh, uh, growing up, is that in order to grow up, you have to first learn how to receive instruction. Notice that's what he's given Adam. And then it says here in, in uh, verse 19 or verse 18, and the Lord said to him, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a help me. So then you jump down in verse 21 and the Lord put Adam to sleep and uh, he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. Notice that God had to put Adam to sleep to take a rib out because men are very babyish when it comes to pain. Come on, men. Who, who in here gets sick and act like a baby? Come on. Well, wives, raise your hand if he does. I mean, I don't like pain at all. I don't like it. I don't like it. And here it is. Listen, God had to put that man to sleep to take a real bout, but he leaves the woman awake to have a baby. Pause and think about that. That's why some women can get hurt and bounce back and go on about their business. Men, man, we just sit there and soak for the days. Thank you for those five scattered claps. <laughs> All right, check this out. Verse 23. And Adam said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I will call him woman. Look in chapter 3 now. Now the serpent comes into the scene. He said to the woman, and he goes through all that. But here's what I want you to see in verse 8. Or verse uh, 7. 
And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. And they, what's the next word? They what? They heard what? The voice of the Lord walking in the garden. Now, this is the first time we're hearing that they heard it. Now, watch this, though. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden, verse 9. And the Lord God called unto him Adam. Watch this now. He called Adam and he said unto Adam, where are you? Now, I want you to know this, that that question is not a geographical question. It's a spiritual question. I'm going to tell you why. He geographically knew where Adam was. He put him there. Okay, so it has to be a spiritual question. Let me tell you what happened. Because when he ate the fruit, God told him he was going to die. Well, he didn't physically die. And his soul didn't die. So there was a part of him that died. And the part of him that died was a part of him that was shaped in the image of God, which was spirit. So now the spirit part of him that God made him in the likeness, God was calling at him. And he was calling him, but there was no response. And that's why he said... I was calling you, where are you? Adam had lost his spiritual position. And that's why he couldn't hear God anymore from the inside out. And many believers, we we, we think that hearing the voice of God on the outside is the best way. No, it's not. It just shows that your flesh or your spirit, man, couldn't sense God on the inside. He said, where are you? And he says, watch this now. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. He had never heard God's voice on the outside. He had always heard God's voice on the inside. And so my goal is to help you when you hear a voice, discern whether it's God's voice or not. Can you say amen to that? Now, write this down. Jesus said this, well, it was said 17 times in the Bible. One time in the Old Testament, 16 times in the New Testament, where Jesus said, he that has ears, let him hear. Which says to me, you can have physical ears and still not hear what God is saying to you. Because it takes more than just physical ears to hear from God. Or if it wasn't, everybody would be hearing from God. Amen. Now, go to John. Well, I'm just going to quote it for you. Go go to John chapter 4. Go to John 4 quickly. Go to John chapter 4. I was not going to cover this, but I just want to lay it down before I give you this process. Because, see, most of us want to hear from God, but we don't, we're not submitted to God. How many know God's not going to waste his breath? In John chapter 4, look in verse 24, it says, God is a what? He's a spirit and they that worship him must worship him how? Okay, now go to John chapter 2. Just go uh, one page over John chapter 2. Let me give you a process very quickly of what you need to do to hear the voice of God. Here's the process. First of all, this is a story about when Jesus made water in the wine. 
Okay? And so the first thing you got to do to hear the voice of God is you got to keep your heart open and pliable to him. In other words, you, you can't have or live a reserved life and hear from God consistently. And in John chapter 2, we see that Jesus was invited to a wedding. And if you notice here, it says uh, in verse 2, both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, they didn't even need wine. They just wanted wine. And, and you know what? I have problems with Christians who just want just enough for what they need. You know, I talked to somebody recently, and uh, I was praying for them, and I said, well, they said they wanted a job. I said, well, uh, uh, what kind of job you want, they told me. I said, well, how much do you want to make? And, and they told me. I said, now, what you just said you want to make, is that just enough for you? And they said, well, yeah, that'll meet all of my needs. I said, that's a problem. I can't pray for that. Uh, because God has designed all believers, watch this, to be a blessing. But you can't be a blessing if all you have is just enough for you. Amen. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, I was at a parking lot. A man came up to me, and he was begging, and he wanted some bus fare. Now, I don't know if he wanted some bus fare or did he want something for some moonshine. I don't know. Some of y'all going, what is moonshine? <laughs> Just watch enough television, you'll know. And he comes up to me. He asked me some bus fare. I said, how much is this bus fare? He said, like $2.50 or whatever it was. And so I gave him $2.50. And then, I, then all of a sudden I thought about it. Man, what if, what if one of his bum friends asked him for some bus money? So before he knew it, I jerked the money out of his hand. I snatched it from him. And then I gave him a $10 bill. He's confused right now. Because he didn't ask me for 10. He asked me for $2.50. And I explained to him, I said, if one of your friends asked you to help them with some bus fare, and all I gave you was enough for you, you couldn't be a blessing to them. And that's the problem with most believers. We just ask for what we need and not just for more so we can be a blessing. I just threw that in there for free. So you must have and keep an open heart that's pliable. Because, watch this, God's going to give you some instructions when he speaks to you. In other words, your flesh has to die every day. And in some of our cases, our flesh has to die every minute. So watch this. In verse 3, when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. So at least she knew who to go to. So here's step number two. After you have an open heart, you must invite Jesus into the situation. So he says, woman, what do I have to do with you? My hour has not come. And then his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, read it with me. You need to do it. And that's the second thing. Listen, if you want to hear the voice of God, you have to have to have the attitude of whatever he tells me I am going to do. Now, he's not going to tell you to do something silly like slap somebody. That is not the Lord. You don't even have to pray about that. You must invite him into your situation. And then he goes on to say, he told them to fill the water pots with water. And then the verse says, and they filled them. They didn't even argue with God. They didn't even argue with the Lord. They didn't even argue with Jesus and say, well, why he won't want in a pot? What is that going to do? And, and what if it don't work? And, and, and what if they ask us what we They didn't do all that. Because, see, logic will kill faith any day. 
He said, fill the water pots with water. We must bring our problems and situations to him. And then we must be willing to do what he says. And notice now, after they filled them, they filled them to the brim. And then he said, go draw out so the governor can see it. In other words, Jesus said, now, because remember, faith without what? Is what? So if God tells you to do something and you don't do it, you're saying, I don't have faith to do what you just said. Because faith always requires action. Can you say amen to that? Now, when we got born again of God's spirit, go to to 2 Corinthians quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to be giving you a lot of scripture and then I'm going to give you the steps. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 21. Most people, after they get saved, think that, oh, this this is it. Man, life is great. And you know what? Life is great. And yes, you are going to go to heaven. But do you know that you need to live a successful life here on earth after you got saved? In 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to show you a principle here because the process of God speaking to you, you have to be aware of it. So when Jesus died for us, when you receive him as your personal savior, the Bible says we become born again. Now, what does that mean? That means that the spirit that died over there with Adam, God says, okay, I need somebody now to die to, so that the, that spirit can come back inside of men because they're, men have sin. And to, so to eliminate the sin, you got to get the spirit within. So you get born again of God's spirit. Well, let me show you the process here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Watch this. Read it with me. Who hath also sealed us, watch this, and given us the earnest of the spirit where? Where is the spirit of God? So watch this now. In order for God, who is spirit, to speak to you, the spirit of God lives in your heart. And that's why the Bible says, quench not the spirit. Because when you quench the spirit, when quenching means to, uh, to dash water on. Basically, uh, remember, he says, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. See, when God is having to say stuff over and over and over again, what happens, our hearts get hard and we just don't even hear him anymore. Well, when we allow the spirit of God, which is on the inside of us, watch this, the spirit of God that came from God, he puts it in our hearts. So now when God speaks to us, he's speaking to the spirit inside of us and that spirit inside of us is speaking to our heart. Are you with me? And that's why your heart has to stay clean because if it ain't clean, man, it's going to be hard to hear from God. Because if you, I tell you what, go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let me show you something. Ephesians 4, and we're going to look at verse 29. This, it, it is very advantageous to keep a clean heart because a clean heart is not for other people. It's actually for you. Nobody should be so big and, and weigh so much in your life that they allow that you allow them to walk 
uh, uh, you walk through unforgiveness and bitterness and envy and, and all that because it's really holding you up. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, he says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Watch this. And grieve a lot. What does it say? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you are sealed unto this day. Now, why would he say to us not to grieve the spirit? Because if we grieve the spirit, the spirit cannot speak to our hearts like he needs to. Then he says how we should not grieve. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. And then he says, be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. Why? Because that type of heart will always hear God. Now, let me explain this and then I'm going to give you the steps real quick because I have eight things that I'm going to share with you on how to help, help you know the voice of God. Listen to this. The renewed mind... Is the bridge between God speaking and you hearing. I'm going to say that again. The renewed mind. Romans chapter 12. You can just write it down. It says be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you do that. You'll be able to prove what's good. What's acceptable. And what's the perfect will of God. So watch this. My renewed mind is the bridge between God speaking to me and me hearing him. Because if you don't have a renewed mind, you won't know what God is saying to you. Amen. Now, Psalm 103 verse 20, just write it down. God's voice will never contradict his word. Psalm 103, 20 says, bless the Lord, you, his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. In other words, when God says something to you, it is never going to contradict his word. In other words, if you see somebody and you believe that that that's your wife and they're married, that is not God. I don't know if you all knew that, but I just wanted to tell you that. If you're walking in the store and you just, you know, your old lifestyle was a kleptomaniac. And you just feel led to steal some pencils. See, I don't even understand that. I mean, if I'm going to go to prison, I'm going for something big. Y'all not going to see me on the news. Pastor goes to prison for stealing from pencils. No, 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 no. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it big time. <laughs> now, I'm not encouraging you to do wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> a renewed mind helps a discerning heart. So here are eight things quickly. Eight things that will help you know God's voice. Here's number one, is what you are hearing agree with God's word? Does it agree with God's word? If it doesn't agree with God's word, it is not God. You can just, you can just, listen, in fact, the rest of the seven, you don't even need to know the seven because if it don't qualify for number one, you can just stop right there. Does it agree 
with God's word. Here's number two. Am I in spiritual shape to clearly hear God's voice? I tell people, listen, if you're in the worst spiritual shape you're in, do not make critical decisions for your life. I hear people all the time and they going through something or they just got out of, uh, they're, they're, they're in the process of maybe going through a divorce or whatever. And they're trying to make major decisions in that time. I'm like, look, just let your flesh and your soul die down. Let it calm down before you make some decisions. Because if you make decisions in the worst spiritual shape you are in, you're probably going to make a bad decision. Amen. How do you know if you're in spiritual shape? Just make sure you're praying on a, on a daily basis, reading on a daily basis, listening to God on a regular basis. Here's number three. If I obey the voice that I'm hearing, does it make me more like Christ? In other words, how, if, I'm, if I do what I heard, how does it affect other people? Because most people say, well... God told me to divorce my, I don't know why I'm on that this morning, but I'm on that. God told me to divorce my, my wife. Did he really? When he says, I'm the Lord God and I hate divorce, I, I just, which God are you talking about? Now, I'm not condemning those who've been divorced already because that's done and over with. But I, I was, I was talking to a guy one time and uh, he was in the midst of, 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 Thinking about getting a divorce. And I said, so what if you get a divorce? He said, well, when I get a divorce, what I'm going to do is then I'm going to get myself back right with God. And I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to do what he says. I said, so what if he tells you to go back and marry the person you divorced after you got your life back together? Well, I ain't going to do that. I said, you ain't going to never hear from God. Here's number four. You know, well, let me just back up on number three. You know, the devil made it all about him. If you go back and read Isaiah 14, it says, I will ascend into heaven. I will do this. So if what you heard is all about you, chances are it's not God. Number four, (laughs) praise the Lord. Got me a partner out there, don't I? Here's number four. Does what I hear agree with godly counsel? In other words, Proverbs 15, 22, write it down. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, there is, uh, they are established. Some people don't want to get godly counsel because they know the decision they're making is not right. How many made a bad decision and after you made it, you wish you hadn't done it? Let me see your hand. Mm-hmm. Does, is what I'm hearing, does it agree with godly counsel? Here's number five. This is how you can hear God's voice through trying or testing the spirit. Now go to 1 John. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Go to 1 John 4. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm doing all right. No, I'm not doing all right. Uh, 1 John chapter 4. Go to 1 John 4. Watch this. And I'm going to read verse 1. It says, Beloved, it says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone into the world. Hereby know ye that uh, you are the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is not coming to flesh is not of God. 
And this is the spirit that is an antichrist. And let me just kind of clear, clear this up really, really good on a, in a personal way. When your will is so high and the spirit in you is low, when you pray, you're probably going to hear yourself answer. Let me tell you what I mean. When I, uh, this is before I met my wife, so we're talking about, what, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was single, right? And uh, that's a loud clock, praise the Lord. 20 years ago, I was single. And I met this girl, and I really met this girl by accident because I shouldn't have met her. Uh, you said, well, see, because some of y'all meet people, and you really, really shouldn't have met them. Yeah. You say, I'm married to that person. It's too late now. But I was washing my car, and these girls drove by, and they waved, and I just waved, and, and the Lord said, distraction. I was like, there ain't no distraction. I didn't ask them for their phone number. I didn't stop the car. I, ain't, I just let it go through my mind. And guess what happened? They circled back around. When they circled back around, they stopped. And this time, they said, hey, how you doing? My name's so-and-so. And, you know, I have to be polite. <laughs> so, I, you know, I told them my name and everything. And, and so... I, the Lord, soon they drove off. He said, distraction. I said, how did they distraction? I didn't ask for a phone number. She didn't get my phone number. What's the problem? And then guess what? A day later, I get a phone call, and the lady I was staying with was like my grandmother. And this was back in the day where they had phone books. See, I know y'all don't know nothing about that. And so you open, as long as you knew the person's name, you just look it up by last name, you see the person's name. Well, she found the person's name that I was living with, Miss Johnson. So she called the house phone. And asked for me. Miss Johnson brought the phone to me. I was like, who is this? I don't know nobody out here. Well, it was her. Long story short, we went on a couple of dates. And I, 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 I really thought this girl, I was going to marry this girl. I mean, we didn't get involved physically and all that stuff. But, I, I, you know, she had the criteria. She was a Christian. She loved the Lord. She, loved, she was involved in her church. She was tithing. She just had goals in her life. She went to college. You know, she had all this stuff. It's my story, okay? It's my story. That's my wife right there. That's my story. So, long story short... I'll never forget. I went on a fast. I told her, I said, you know what? I was going out of town for a whole week. I said, listen, for a whole week, we're not going to talk on the phone, not going to talk to each other because I want to make sure I'm going in the right direction because I'm not going to waste my mind, my money, or my emotions on somebody I shouldn't even be with. And you shouldn't either. She was like, yeah, you're right. So we both, I fasted and prayed and came back that week, and I still felt that this was the Lord talking to me. I really felt that. And that's why the word has to be your confirming power. Because your emotions can be all over the place. This is why you need some people in your life and look at you and say, that girl ain't the right one. Well, I read, this, this phrase kept coming to me. You did run well. Who did hinder you? It kept, kept coming to me. kept coming to me. And I didn't even know it was in the Bible. I knew I had read something like that, so I got a concordance, and I looked up hinder, and I found Galatians chapter 5. And I read it, and this is what it says. He says, you did run well. Now, I made it personal. You did run well, Eben. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This is the next verse that was for me. This persuasion, this person did not come from him who calls you. And so he topped it off by using English and said, Eben, I didn't send her. How do you clarify if it's you or not? Listen, 
God is going to confirm his word. He's going to confirm it. But see, most of us, you know what we do? We go to our friends to get confirmation. Well, your friend already divorced three times. Of course, they're going to tell you, girl, you better get out of that thing. She just wants you lonely like her. You got to know that, here's another one, God's voice will sometimes speak through other people. Now, I'm not talking about the spooky, spooky, yay, 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 da, 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 oh, bless the Lord. No, you turn three flips and turn around backwards and give me an offering. No, not that. God will use people. I remember praying when I was in Jamaica. I said, Lord, I need to, I knew I was supposed to marry my wife. I said, Lord, I need to know when to get married. Because I've been in Jamaica for two years living off my savings. I need to go back to America and make some money. I prayed about it, prayed about it, didn't hear nothing. And so I was talking to my older sister on the phone. We were just talking, and, and, and my parents and my family was coming down to see me graduate from school. And so I was talking to her about that. And she was like, well, why don't you just get married right after you graduate? And so we all be there for the wedding too. Well, that sounded good if you got a big old bankroll. I said, that sounds good, but I ain't got enough money to do all that. So then I hung up the phone. But when she said it, I knew it was God. So I wrestled with that. I said, Lord, now you want me to get married after this? Lord, you know I ain't got enough money. You know, this, this, this lady, even though she's Jamaican, she is very expensive. I see in my future. She is going to cost me lots of money. And I prayed about it, prayed about it. Finally, he said, Evan, I want you to do it. I want you to get. So I talked to her about it. She was like, you know what she said. Yes, Lord. (laughs) So uh, one of the tests is I went to her pastor to ask him, you know, first I asked her parents and all that. And then I went to the pastor and and I was one of the few guys that he approved for her to even date. So that just shows that she was dating the wrong people. Because she was looking for the right peoples. <laughs> this is my story. <laughs> okay, quickly. So I was praying, and the Lord said, Evan, are you getting married according to your riches and glory? Or are you getting married according to my riches and glory? I said, Well, Lord, I ain't got no riches, I ain't got no glory. He said, I want you to get married right after you graduate and I will supply. Right after that, we got a phone call. My wife got a phone call and someone paid for our whole wedding. I didn't have to pay for nothing but my wife's $200 ring. That's how much it cost, $200. It was cheap. But look at her hand now though. But here's the point. You need to stop. I'm going to stay in the spirit. I'm going to stay in the spirit. Both times I heard from God, it was confirmed by his word. And that's why the devil is fighting you from reading the word. You say, well, Pastor, I, I don't understand what I'm reading. 
Don't worry about it. Just read it anyway. Just read it because when you need it, it will, fl- it will surface. I didn't know I was going to need who did hinder you. But I had read it somewhere and it helped me. Can somebody say amen to that? Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Know when God speaks to you, there's a fine line between your soul and your spirit. In other words, the reason why sometimes God's voice sounds like your voice is because, remember now, God is speaking to the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Your heart is speaking to your head, and that's why it sounds like you. But if your mind is renewed, you'll be able to discern whether that was God or not. And I'm going to say this to you. You need to spend some time with God so that you can know the voice of God. Let me tell you what, what happened. How many have heard God say something to them at least once? Let me see. Okay, now watch this. When you hear God say something to you, one of the ways to test whether that was God or not is to weigh it against Scripture and then go do it. Now, if it's a big decision, you need to get some counseling or some, some, some counsel. But if it's not a big decision, you go and do it. If it worked out, it was God. If it didn't work out, it was you. And when it was, when it was God, just remember the voice you heard. Because if you remember the voice you heard, all you got, God's voice don't change. He's not like us. God ain't going through puberty. puberty. You know, I used to think God's voice was going to sound like Lou Ross. You'll never find. No, no, it's not all deep and all that. No, God, and you know what? Wherever you're from, God will talk to you where you are. If you're from the hood, he will talk to you like you're from the hood. No, seriously. If you're from Wyoming, he's going to speak to you. If you're from New York, he'll talk to you like you're New York. But I tell you this. The way you know is you spend some time with him, you test it and see. Now, you don't have to hear God's voice to do what you already know to do. God shouldn't have to tell you to, 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 uh, to love. It's already in the Bible. He shouldn't have to tell you to tithe. That's already in the Bible. He shouldn't have to tell you not to cuss. That's already in the Bible. Because, see, some of y'all related to Peter. So what do you mean? Peter was a cusser. You know what's sad? Jesus knew he was going to cuss too. He said, you know what? When three, the, the cock, cock, cock throws crows three times, uh, you're going to do something. So here's my prayer as we close. I'm going to pray today that everybody in this place will begin to hear the voice of God And the heavens will open like you've never heard before. And you're going to be so sensitive to his voice. You're going to hear it. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for those who are here today. We know it is your will for us to hear your voice. And so I'm asking whatever cloud, whatever barrier, whatever whatever is blocking each believer in this room from hearing clearly what you...